The following is a presentation of the Pro Wrestling Report, TV and radio. Informative, entertaining, and real since 1998.
overall, we're going to give our opinions, then we're going to run through the matches, and we'll come back to those opinions again and see if they change. Because, I mean, it's a very fluid situation. <coughs> overall, Matthew Thomas, tell me how you felt about the Royal Rumble 2018 edition. You know what? I I thought it was a damn good show. I really enjoyed it, and I'm going to and I'm gonna do this just to kind of incense you a little bit. But uh, I, I think it's one of the better Rumbles they've had in years. From top to bottom. Well, it's not going to incense me. And uh, Matthew gave you just a tease of a spoiler there because I uh, pre-call, you know, we, we say, hey, how did you feel? How did you feel? All right, save it for the show. We, we catch up with each other. We see what's going on in each other's lives and, you know, get into very intimate personal details. Ask him if he's had, you know, any good times with any, you know, full life-size dolls he's bought and, you know, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> Which is a shoot. Another story, another time. <laughs> but I have a lot of beef with this show tonight. But let me let me preface this by saying there was a lot for me to enjoy. This was not one of the better rumbles, in my opinion. So we've got compl- you know conflicting opinions tonight. Normally the people that tune in to Pro Wrestling Reporter are sick of hearing Matthew and the man they call Media pretty much agree basically on just about everything have. We will not agree tonight. So, let's start it off. Now, Matthew, we're going to run down some of the pre-shows. Here's beef number one. This pre-show stuff has gotten too far. It's one thing to have the warm-up dark matches, you know, right before they go on the air. (coughs) Dude, the first pre-show, which was a six-man cruiserweight match, Kalisto, Lince Dorado, and Grand Metallic versus TJP, Gallagher, and Drew Gullick. The hard camera side had about six people in it. The rest of it, empty seats. You want to talk about something that just looked like hell? It was this match. Matthew, your thoughts on how early they start these pre-show matches? I mean, literally, there's dudes still getting off the bus to get to the show in Philly. Yeah. There's people still down in yeah. Geno's getting a cheesesteak. Before they're even in the building, they're already right. running matches. Not only that, but you've got your viewing audience around the world, you know, and I mean, even even East Coast time, it's early, but when you're like you and I in, in non-East Coast time zones, I mean, this, this stuff was starting at at 2 o'clock in the afternoon here in Mountain Time. I mean, it just, it gets, not just for the visual, but it, it's just all around, it gets a little, a little bit ridiculous. And back to the pre-shows, either something's important enough to be on a pay-per-view or it's not. I, for years, and it's really going to irk me come WrestleMania time, um, you know, either it's on the card or it's not. All of this quasi-card pre-show stuff, I've never been a fan. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. <clears throat> Let's talk about the match, though. Six-man cruiserweight action. Lince Dorado with Grand Metallic and Kalista went after the match. Now Greg Hamilton announces the winners as they celebrate at the ramp. TJP arguing with his partners in the ring as they go back to the pre-show panel. I'm okay with the pre-show panel. You know the best pre-show panel I ever saw? This may be the the beginning of pre-show panels. was WrestleMania 2000. They kept bringing in different, you know, uh, uh, not celebrities so much as in legends or whatever, going over WrestleMania by WrestleMania by WrestleMania. Every hour it was a new WrestleMania. Different matches, different stories behind the matches. Probably the best pre-show ever. Since then, this... We we keep going back and forth to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the, in the locker room waiting to do live questions and reading Twitter and just reading their fake Twitter questions. 
Do you really think somebody sent them a Twitter question with the word you misspelled? Come on, man. I mean, the the way they kind of pointed out over and over. Uh, here's a match that I actually liked. It was a rematch from Raw 25, Revival taking on Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. They give enough credibility to the Revival, even though we haven't seen them due to injuries or what have you, but... These guys still look legitimate and look like it's just a solid tag team. The winner of the match, the Revival, now after the match, Anderson obviously selling his injury as Gallo stands with him while the Revival, you know, just looking solid. Your thoughts on the Revival getting a win over, you know, Gallo and Anderson after what happened on Monday night? Yeah, no, this is, this is a tag team that I was really impressed when they actually got some promo time a few weeks ago, and they were – Really hot in NXT, and as we know, a lot of times that doesn't necessarily translate on the main roster. So these guys getting a bit of a spotlight and something that looks like a legitimate tag team, not saying the rest of the Raw tag team division is not, but when you've got kind of the hodgepodge parents of Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan, and, you know, I mean, Sheamus and Cesaro, the bar, they're, you know, pretty established, but you don't have the tag team division on Raw like you have on SmackDown. So getting these more established tag teams on Raw, I think, is a step in the right direction. So glad to see these guys getting some mic time a few weeks ago and getting uh, the win tonight. The third kickoff match, we haven't even got to the Rumble yet, folks. A WWE United States title match, the first ever glorious U.S. Open Challenge. Bobby Roode says who is going to step up and take the golden opportunity. It's a rematch. Here comes Mojo Raleigh. I mean, I understand that it was, you know, pre-show, uh, pre-rumble, so you, you weren't going to get, you know, uh, Gorilla Monsoon or Sergeant Slaughter coming out, you know, to, to wrestle this match. But the winner of the match would have glorious DDT, Bobby Roode, uh, and then back to the panel, just right back to it. Uh, Matthew, thoughts on, one, we didn't get the chance to talk about our glorious United States champion, Bobby Roode, and two, uh, let's segue off of this just a little bit into what happened on NXT and who showed up on NXT, EC3, now the latest signee in NXT, your thoughts? Uh, I think it's a good, it's very solid move, I mean, for several years now, that guy has been the shining light of TNA, and I mean, he had a brief stint in NXT back before NXT was really NXT, but I think there's a there's definitely something that they can do with him, and just want to touch real briefly, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the NXT pay-per-view last night, but I was really, really impressed with take with TakeOver, and just, I was trying to kind of quantify why they do such a good job. I think there's a multitude of reasons. One is the limited exposure. You've got a one-hour one TV on a weekly basis building to event that is that is bi-monthly or tri-monthly, depending on the time of year we're in. But another thing that really helps NXT that you don't have as much of on the established main roster is you have you have these people coming and going. You know, basically NXT is development, so you don't have you know somebody like a John Cena who is there for it's a college. decade. So yeah, yeah it, it's exactly college. it's college. So the freshness of these matchups and just the novelty of it all is so much better than you can do with a non-developmental program. And throwing EC3 into that bunch, I mean, I think that's that's probably your star right there uh, as of right now. I think EC3 
I, I will admit I don't watch NXT every single week. I always try to catch the takeovers, but I don't necessarily watch the development on a weekly basis. But the fact that EC3 is on that roster, I really want to watch and see what they do with him because that's somebody who has just – he has really grown into his character so well over the last few years. And to see what he can do with the, with the WWE treatment behind EC3, not a rebranded form of EC3, but actual EC3 – I think we've. Uh, I, I think we're in for a treat. What's funny is you uh, you say the the WWE treatment. We have been saying this for a couple of years now about the glorious United States Champion. Let's see how Bobby Roode looks with the WWE machine behind him, and look at look at what they came up with for Bobby Roode. I mean, you want to talk about a perfect storm of the machine, the character, the persona and the fan reaction. I mean, it's just absolutely perfect. So let's see what they got for EC3. Again, folks, 877-317-9772. We're taking your calls tonight. Um, let's keep running down the Rumble and actually start with the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Two-on-one handicap match for the WWE title. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens trying to become the first-ever co-WWE champions, taking on AJ Styles. Um, you know what? This was a great match for the gimmick tree that it had. Still, you got AJ Styles working hard. And actually, you know what? You get Kevin Owens and you get Sami Zayn working hard, too. Your thoughts on AJ Styles winning and retaining? This was a very non-traditional matchup, but I think everybody did a really good job in the confines of what it was. I mean, they worked the psychology of the matches as best you could. It was, unfortunately, the way it was set up in storyline presentation almost a little bit slight comedy match between three guys that are just excellent in-ring technicians so this match i would have rather seen it in another form with slightly a different build to it but for what it was they got through it and they made it make sense and it was an enjoyable way to start the show off i thought and maybe i've missed an episode of smackdown where it was clarified i thought if they lost this match they were fired uh, it, it bounced around so much, um, you know, from week to week. So I don't know what the, the stipulations actually ended up landing on there. Okay. That's my fault. I, I may have missed it. Um, two out of three falls for the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, uh, Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable taking on the team of the Usos. And what is our complaint with two out of three falls matches? They're always so predictable. The person who wins the first loses the second. And in these normal matches where, you know, it takes so long to get falls in these two out of three falls matches, uh, falls happen relatively uh, quick, and it's always so predictable. What happened tonight, Matthew, with the winners being the Usos? Anything but that. So how did you feel about the match? You know what? I would have liked to have seen uh, Benjamin and Gable win, but the simple fact that it was a two out of three falls that wasn't predictable, it gave me hope for all two out of three falls going forward, all two out of three falls matches going forward. So um, I did it. not necessarily like the like the outcome, but I like the unpredictable booking. Okay, my next beef, Matthew. This got us up to seven o'clock central. 8 o'clock Eastern. Remember, the Rumble started an hour early tonight. Said 30-person Rumble pool that I put together, I figured, you know what, mm-hmm. let's get everybody in. i got to have all entrance in by 
7, you know, again, 7 Central, 8 Eastern. i got to get all the monies in so we can know who's in. I'll start cutting up the numbers, and we'll let everybody know. Oh, my God, they're starting with the match. Why in the <laughs> holy hell did you put the men's match on this early? One, I understand we are at a pay-per-view where we are going to get the first-ever women's Royal Rumble match. It doesn't need anything else. It doesn't need to be in the main event. It doesn't need to have sparklers shooting up their ass. It's historical already. Put that damn joint at the front of the pay-per-view, not in the main event. Two, the men's Royal Rumble match. The action was going to be faster. The women's was going to be slower. Why in the holy hell would you put a slower match at the end of the pay-per-view when people have already invested? Hell, they were there for all the kickoff matches. They've invested seven-some hours into being in your building. Why would you suck the energy out of there? Three. What this did what this did for me was it confirmed there was something big, something that was a quote-unquote surprise, something that may have been rumored prior that was going to happen at the end. You needed to make a splash. At the end, you needed to, uh, you needed to close with something that was going to – as they said at the close of the show, social media is trending. This, to me, kind of made the ending a little bit more predictable with uh, the surprise that we ended up getting. Absolutely. But so what? Again, you took away from a men's match that you weren't going to lose from a women's match. You weren't going to lose the historic fact that you had the women in their first ever Royal Rumble match. We'll get to that match in a little bit. Let's talk about the men's match. Again, I had, what did I have, 3 and 13, so I had Rhino and Apollo Cruz. Yeah, I wasn't going to win. So that means I actually have to pay somebody. See, Matthew, people don't realize, that's the whole gimmick. I try to run these pools, so one, I shouldn't have to pay for it, two, I want to win, so I just want people to keep handing me money. It never works out that way. I have only won one pool, NCAA, Royal Rumble pool, football squares. I have only won once in 30-some years. Once. Unbelievable. You didn't know that's why I do it, did you? No. Because if it ain't free, it ain't me. That's very very insightful, though. We get a little uh, sneak peek into your psyche. (laughs) Because if it ain't free, it ain't me. That's always been the motto of the man they call me that. Let's talk some high points here. Uh, The crowd absolutely bonkers for... Rusev, dude, they lost their nut with Aiden English singing about Rusev Day at the beginning. Uh, Corbin absolutely going apeshiz when he got eliminated. All right. Um, Sami Zayn taking Ty Dillinger's spot wasn't necessary. I mean, I knew that they were going to work their way in there somehow when they got beat. But did it have to be Ty Dillinger? And did he have to come in at 10 again? Didn't we do that last year? Uh, yeah, yeah, we, of, we did that last year. Yeah. A couple other spots. We had uh, Shane Helms return. The Hurricane came in at 21. Here, here's my problem with this match. Um, heavy in the back end. Let's, let's, go yeah. down the last, let's go down the last 10. Cena at 20. Shane Helms, obviously. <clears throat> the Hurricane at 21. English at 22, but 23, Adam Cole, NXT. 24, Randy Orton. 25, Titus O'Neil. 26, Miz. 27, 
Booyaka Booyaka, Rey Mysterio Jr., 28, Roman Reigns, 29, Gold Dustin, 30. Yes, he gets a pop because he's back, and then he's eliminated. What the hell is Dolph Ziggler doing? I mean, literally, he won the United States Championship and relinquished it. This match bugs. This literally made an ingrown hair on my ass. Your thoughts on the match? <laughs> you know what i i i didn't I didn't mind it. I especially at the very end liked the story that they told when you have got your two. Uh, fan favorites, your quote-unquote indie darlings in there against two of your more established WWE guys. They did this. And they separated them that way, too, and that was really solid. You put the the two established guys against the two, you know, um, new school guys. I did like that separation. Like I said, folks, I want you to understand, there is plenty in this show that I enjoyed. But on the whole, this irritated my whole. Yeah, I, I don't know if we want to dwell on your irritated holes there, but uh, <laughs> I, I, th- I was I was I was okay I was okay with it. I liked my the highlight of it for me was the the final four there because they set it up to tell a story and to also uh, you know really play into the audience and they knew what the audience reaction was going to be and to me it made it all more special. And your winner, have you announced the winner yet, or are we just talking about that? No, we're we're here. I mean, let's talk okay. winner, and let's <laughs> let's absolutely talk winner again. You know, I'm also happy for the winner in the pool that we had because you know um, she doesn't watch the show at all and she doesn't listen to this program at all. But she had the winning number. It's a friend of a friend. I'm not going to mention her name, but uh, I instantly got messages blown. Oh my god, I won! Oh my god, I won! Yeah, 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 you won. But Shinsuke Nakamura is the winner of the Royal Rumble. You're going to get your AJ Shinsuke Nakamura match at WrestleMania, and they will tear the house down. They yep. will put in a match. The only problem is, while they may put on an amazing wrestling clinic, is this going to be on the pre-show? Because they do that. They do that all the time. There's been WWE title matches that have aired as the opening match or even before the show match. And Shinsuke doesn't speak very good English. How the hell can you build drama, heat, passion for the non-indie wrestling fan that's going to love their work? How do you build a story for them when you can't understand the damn thing he's saying? I think the answer is no. I think the answer is they are addressing that, okay, this is a certain segment of our audience that's going to get this and going to appreciate it, and we're going to uh, give that to them. I think the WWE is starting to realize that You've got these various segments, and at WrestleMania, you're probably going to have a larger portion of that segment that are still going to be watching the show regardless. And the audience uh, involvement, the audience appreciation, and the reaction at WrestleMania, they're basically they're basically going to let that carry that piece of work. I don't think there's necessarily a concern about it getting there, and that's a discussion for another day. But uh, let's go back to Nakamura. I, I think they've really dropped the ball with him, really since his arrival on the main roster, but I think this is a little bit of a reset. Something that we've said time and time again, or at least what I've said, is that I think he should have been given the Oscar treatment where he comes in if he's not that clear on the mic. His thing is he wins. His thing is he destroys people. They haven't done that. They haven't given him a mic piece. Now, he's literally got a mic piece, but 
you know, like a manager, not a literal mouthpiece. Right. And then not a color. He does have a mouthpiece. Right. It's because somebody's looking at him a mouthpiece. They actually give him a mouthpiece. Um, however, I think that this is his thing now. You know, he's not going to most likely say a lot, but this is his thing. And as this match is going, you know, I'm saying, okay, I can envision Nakamura winning this because this is his claim to fame, so to speak. And all he's got to do, Meathead, from now until WrestleMania is to go in there, say a couple words, and point to the sign. This is what you are going to see. You're going to see him do a lot of pointing to the sign, and then occasionally at his crotch because that's what he does. But uh, there's going to be a lot of sign pointing. So, yeah, you're really not going to have – I'll tell you right now, and I don't think that anybody should really expect a ton of a build for this because I think it's going to be very, very limited. I doubt anybody does anything heelish. I think you're just going to have a, um, you know, just a pretty, pretty standard fare of getting there. So there, this is not really done for people who aren't aren't really familiar with these two, or people really on the outside to enjoy the getting there. Like I said, this is done for a certain segment of the audience. Well, and you know that we're going to have tons of. Pointing to the sign, and we understand. It's, I mean, that's what they do. Uh, I get it. Um, I was more interested in the uh, new Colonel Battle Royal that we had. The winner, Rick Flair, <laughs> is the Colonel. Yes, so that indeed. Actually How about that? In front of some building somewhere. How about that? I mean, that, that was huh? in taped in front of some live crowd somewhere. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Somebody had to. Somebody had to uh, watch that. Rob Tag Team title match. The Bar take on Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan. Um, a odd spot where Jason Jordan gets popped by the, um, uh, shall we call it the ring post, or the extra you know, video board stuff that you've got going on on the you know, sides. Um, the winner and new Rob Tag Team Champions, The Bar again. Now, I ask everyone again, I want you to go out and figure this out for me. What came first? Ford saying they're the bar, or Chevy saying they're the bar, or... Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus be in the bar. Which one was first? I don't know. We have some. Uh, they just aren't the bar. There. They set the bar. <laughs> You've seen. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yep. Yep. No, that's a very good question. Okay, I'm just wondering. All right, let's talk triple threat for the WWE Universal Title. Kane versus Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar. Wow. Um, they. Um, you know, I was, fetching, I was expecting catch-as-catch-can kind of wrestling, you know, some chain-link wrestling. Um, we didn't get that. We uh, we got three massive human beings beating the piss out of each other, yeah. and I actually liked it, and I actually enjoyed it. You know, if you think about it, Kane's only uh, maybe three years short of what Undertaker's been doing, you know, as far as current yeah. characters. Um, Undertaker came in in a Survivor Series and, you know, obviously wrestled a little bit in WCW. You know, Kane was Isaac Yankum before he became Kane. Um, Kane looks super relevant again and back to being believable. Remember, he was a stooge for, you know, uh, the corporate or the, what were their titles at that point? What was Stephanie and uh, Triple H? What was their title? Oh, man. That's going back a ways. I can't tell you right now. The Authority. So he was a stooge right. for the authority uh, and, you know, jobbed out to guys like Kalisto, you know, stuff like that. He looked legitimate. Uh, boy, Kane looks good. 
um, and can work a great match in the right situation. Your thoughts on the triple threat, Kane, Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar. Did you think Brock was coming out of it still champ? Uh, how did you think it was going to go? That seemed like the safe bet. I mean, there were other things that could have happened, but normally when you when we've put Brock in these triple threat matches, he emerges the, the winner. Um, I mean, you can make the case that, okay, maybe they're going to you know use it so he doesn't have to lose to lose the title. But no, and that's a formula we've seen really in this era where we've had these matchups with Strowman and Lesnar and um, you know even Reigns to a certain extent, these matches that are just these big physical types of deals. I mean, we had it back several pay-per-views ago with him, Strowman, Samoa Joe, and I think uh, somebody else, Brother Large, was in there. Roman so Reigns. It, it was Reigns, Joe, yeah, and... Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah. it was a very good match. Yeah, we had the same match. format, but you it's, know what? Look good. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's another... This this run of Lesnar has really been extraordinary. I mean, this has been the most dominant run, I want to say, in, in the modern era, where you have the champion yeah. that's not necessarily on TV every week, but he just seems to always retain. Okay, final match tonight. Uh, by the way, too, uh, are you not jacked to watch the Andre the Giant um, HBO documentary coming up? I'm actually. Oh, no, I think it's going to be fantastic. Cool. Yeah, and it's uh, done by Bill Simmons, but uh, I can't wait to see the footage that we've never seen before. Because, I mean, yep. if you really think about it, it was back from a, a pre internet day. It was back from a. Yep. But everyone knows who Andre the Giant is. Everyone knows that he was in the Princess Pride and everyone, but nobody knows the story of what the man went through because he was a freak of nature. And, you know, you're going to have people talk about the man that he was versus the person that you saw on the screen. And, you know, just a couple of spots where I saw the, um, you know, the, the, the zip lines up and down his knees to being angry and yelling at people. I, I want to see the whole story on Andre the Giant. Yeah. You know, I wish, I wish things could have gone better for him. I really do. Cause he, he lived a hard life. So, Excited about the Andre the Giant story. But let's talk about 30-woman Royal Rumble match. Matthew, do you want to start or should I? You know what? I think you got a lot to get off your chest, so you go for it. This, without a doubt, was something I looked forward to since it was announced. You know what? The women, it's time. Uh, in our generation of uh, fans that have been watching wrestling, um, Wrestling was treated as a joke when it was the women's division. I mean, you had pillow fights. You had mud wrestling fights. You had all these other silly little fights. Um, you know, they they talked to a lunger blaze. They talked about, you know, Molly Holly and Tori Wilson, you know, uh, wrestling in the women's division of WCW. There was no damn women's division. Matthew, you and I are doing Nitro recaps right now. <laughs> Is there a women's division? Who's the women's division? No. Right it's Medusa no, it's, it's and not, Luna. It's not, it's, not, it's not on there. Yep. Oh, and the the baddest woman on the planet, as far as you know, the toughest pound for pound, the one that Booker T would tell us about, according to Corey Graves, she's beating up men. She's not even in the women's division. Miss Jackie, she's beating up, she's beating up on Jeff Jarrett all the time and Chris Benoit. Yep. There's no women's division in WCW. Get the hell out of here. The women's division really, for me, started kicking up when it was Trish and Mickey at WrestleMania 22 in Chicago. I mean, that was a great build, a great story. And then you got all these different women coming in. You had, you know, uh, Trish coming up right after, you know, uh, right after that, really kind of solidifying herself. Lita was already in the mix. I mean, you had, you know, Jackie was in the mix. You had all these different women that were, uh, yeah, Tori, you had Ivory. You had all these female wrestlers that were just phenomenal talents. Then we got the puppy stuff again. Then we got the pillow stuff again. Then we got the mud matches again. 
And then we started getting stuff like Beth Phoenix, or we would get, you know, um, you know, uh, even Michelle McCool uh, became a wrestler. Melina became a wrestler. I mean, these are girls that came in. Technically, they were modeling and they were doing this or doing that, but these girls came in and became professional wrestlers. So let's talk about the Women's Battle Royal. What I had hoped for coming from this was, I understand you've only announced 16, <coughs> maybe 18, of a possible 30-woman field. We're going to get a lot of nostalgia pops. A lot of them. Dude, this match was, it was a joke for the first two-thirds of it, in my opinion. The final third, I thought it got real serious. And you know what? I loved the way they treated Nia Jax in this match. They gave her the Andre the Giant treatment, really, or the big show treatment in a battle royal. You know, yeah. the biggest, baddest dog in the fight, they always go and they all try to eliminate him, and then they blow them all off. Am I right? Nia Jax got that treatment. He, she looks super strong. But I, I thought it took away from it the, in the fact that go she ahead. was camped out for so long on the outside. I don't like the person right. kind of hanging back. They hope you forget about yeah, it. And I, get thought, that in a second. I agree 100% yeah. with you, but I think that when she was camped out on the outside, it uh yeah it just I took it took away from that dominance. Yep, I'll get to that in a second. So we had had you know some NXT women come in. We had had obviously your Molly Hollies, your Vicky Guerreros, your which you know what it kind of tickled me a little bit to see Vicky. I mean Vicky's yeah uh, Vicky's the underdog sometimes that you actually cheer for. Right. She's annoying as hell, but you know what sometimes you got to cheer for Vicky. You had the Lita Karana, I mean the Lita um, Moonsault, or Lita Salt. Uh, absolutely great nostalgia pops. Enough with the nostalgia. You keep living in the past. That's why Raw 25, in my opinion, while I got a couple spots that I seem to enjoy, I thought Raw 25 sucked. I did not enjoy that show at all. The Manhattan Center. If I was a fan in attendance at that building, I would have been pissed. How many... You yeah. know, how many minutes between anything going on there? And the uh, rumors yeah. of JR and the King sleeping at ringside? I haven't been sleeping, too. There was nothing to do. You get mad, yeah, hard, now, you get Undertaker. And, and, and let me ask you this. If you were given the choice, just not knowing anything more than you knew a week ago, would you go to Barclay or would you go to Manhattan Center? Crap, I would have went to the Manhattan Center. Yep, yep, you and I both. I would have wanted that more intimate feel to be in an ECW arena. So, mm-hmm. that being said, the last third of the women's Rumble match I thought was a great move. I thought they made Asuka look strong. I thought they made Nia look strong. I didn't like that Michelle McCool eliminated a lot of the new up-and-comers, made them look a little weaker. But the winner, Asuka, you got the champions outside. By the way, um, another Stephanie McMahon was horrible. Absolutely did not have anything to add at commentary. There was no need for her to be there. Now, knowing that Lita was in the match, that's why Lita wasn't on commentary. I was like, well, Stephanie McMahon, yeah. why wouldn't you put Lita on there? She's done commentary right. already. <clears throat> but that's because, you know, she's in the match. That ending segment, let's talk about the surprise. Let's talk about the big Twitter-grabbing moment, as you would call it. You know, the, the trending. It's breaking. It's whatever. Ronda Rousey. Somebody needs to get with this woman quickly. Put her in the performance center. Tell her to quit fucking smiling. 
Yeah, yeah. Stop it. No one's going to take you seriously when all you're doing is just smiling. Knock it off. Matthew, go. And and clamoring for all the handshakes from the fans. Like that was the big thing that I that I harped on. Um no, that was that was your moment right there. And I really don't know what to make of the end. I mean, I assume that she's going to get you know, whichever shot Asuka doesn't take. Um, right. But, but uh, yeah, I, see, I didn't, I didn't think it was as – I didn't necessarily come down on as hard as you did. I, I think that it wasn't – it was much more spotty than the men's was. It wasn't your, you know, 10, oh, 15 uh, people in the ring at a time. It, it right. was the, very, the very spot-like. Centric. Outside yep. the ring were obnoxious. Yeah. It was very, you couldn't very keep track spotlight. of who was in the match because they were all half outside yeah. the ring. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I actually I had some some technical difficulties and I had to kind of catch up. And as I'm kind of trying to skim through it and everything, like I'm really confused because I don't know who's you know, been eliminated, who hasn't been eliminated. It, it was uh, it was definitely reminding me a lot of like a a uh, Money in the Bank match or something where you kind of had everybody lining up taking their spots and. I will say they made the, the legends in this seem much more relevant than they ever allowed the legends to look in the men's. It seemed like what they were trying to do, instead of just your current roster, they were trying to tell the story of the entire women's division and shine a light on your leaders and your Trishas and your Mickey James and that type of stuff. So they were they were trying to do a lot. They weren't just trying to put the current product. They were trying to you know do a lot of throwbacks. Now, in subsequent years, I don't know if it's going to be as as much of that. Um but uh, but yeah, it was. I was I was a little bit surprised at the at the, the length that the Bellas went in there uh, because it was just somebody that they weren't on my radar. And I expected the Rousey appearance. I actually expected the Rousey appearance though, and her actually coming down and winning the Rumble, which uh, I can see where that would rub some people the wrong way if you just throw her in there and have her win the whole thing. But again, to your point. You know, if she comes in there and eliminates people and, you know, kind of proves herself in a way, I still think that's a more effective vehicle to get her there than just kind of having her come in glamoring for attention at ringside. But regardless, I, I think it's it's going to be memorable after this Rumble has passed. You're going to remember this is the Rumble where you close with the first women's Royal Rumble and you had Rousey come down and uh, and make an appearance. And here's the, here's the truth of the matter is – they want people talking about it tomorrow. They want ESPN covering it. They want this being the, the buzz. And that was clearly stated. Uh, they couldn't even get off the air before they were talking about, oh, social media is exploding, blah, blah, blah. So this was, this was pretty apparent to me after the placement of the, the men's match coming an hour end, um, ending with your, with your big moment here. So you know what? It could, it could the, the women's match have been better, yes, but – uh, to me, just taking it as a as a whole, I think it was still a pretty solid pay per view. So you're telling, uh, are you telling me? And I don't know if you are or not, but if the women's Royal Rumble would have been pre show, it wouldn't have made it on ESPN. Um, no, it it it, uh, it would have it would have one hundred percent would have been on ESPN. But but I think they feel like. They feel like, for whatever reason, whether logical or not, it's got a bigger splash and a bigger impact as being the, the main event of the show. 
So even if it were Ronda Rousey showing up in the back and, you know, showing up uh, this year walking out of the can, you know, washing her hands at the at the sink, that still would have been on ESPN. didn't matter where the placement was. Like I had said at the beginning, the Women's Royal Rumble match was historic. It wasn't going to be more historic by being the close of the pay-per-view. It was historic already. The fact that we're force-feeding this stuff down, being force-fed down our throats, it makes me want to want it less. I want to watch this. I can't wait to see Asuka. I would love to see Asuka and Charlotte, but we're going to probably get Asuka and Alexis. Your thoughts on who Asuka is going to take? I really don't know at this juncture, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think the more intriguing match is Oscar Charlotte, but if does that mean what's Rousey doing at that point? And I just think with Rousey, you've got to have her opponent have a little bit more name recognition, a little bit broader appeal, and I think that's Charlotte Flair. So um, that's the way that to me that makes the that makes the most sense. Um, if you want to make I, Rousey I don't know. strong. Rousey's got to go up against somebody that, I mean, you're not going to just trash Charlotte uh, to make Rousey right. look strong. Rousey's going to blow away right. Alexis. So you put Charlotte yeah. with Asuka, then that's going to be the more technical match, the one people want to see. I want to see that. Yeah. So I don't know. Hey, let's talk phone calls, 877-317-9772. Matthew, we got people on in the queue. I mean, we're not used to taking calls. We do WCW well, unless you can go back. Don't keep them waiting. Do you remember how to do it? Uh, I don't know, unless you want to go back 21 years, you know, and call in on the Nitro uh, recaps. Let's go to 262. Name and where are you calling from? 262, are you there? Hey, gentlemen, it's your favorite friend, DJ Booger. Hey, Booger, we're good. I got all the condoms I need, Booger. What's going on? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're, you're Wisconsin, your favorite Wisconsin condom connoisseur. But, yeah, I mean, you know, this whole rumble, I mean – I mean, it was okay, you know, and, and some of it is like, I mean, you can probably tell a lot of it's going to end up on Botchamania, but, you know, and I kind of figured with, the, you know, they, they had the tag team match for the Raw titles, and I kind of figured, you know, me and my friends, we talk on uh, Discord, so we were like, yeah, the bar's going to win them back, and blah, 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 and I don't know. I mean, it could have been better, you know, the whole whole thing. You know, I mean, I like the whole Ronda Rousey thing at the end because, you know, she tried to tell everybody, oh, I'm not going to be there. Oh, I'm not going to be there. And, you know, uh, you know, and then, of course, then, yeah, then she shows up. So, yeah, she like, tried to troll us all, but whatever, you know. I mean, it, was, it could have been better. You know, the whole end of first, you know, women's Rumble match. Um, you know, I mean, you figure they're going to bring in a lot of old stars and stuff and, you know. You know, it would have been nice to see a few more, you know, the older stars, you know, like, uh, well, we could have, like, Layla would have been an interesting one. If, I don't know. I think she's retired, though. But, but yeah, not, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it could have been better. Okay. So, um, you wanted more nostalgic pops in the match, or you wanted, well, I mean, would have nice rather had a 30 first... women's. Well, I mean, you know, they, they I think they had like 18, you know, in there to, you know, start. And I figured they'd bring up a few from NXT. I mean, I was surprised with uh, Ember Moon, you know, and after the match she had last night. I like Adam Cole. Okay, I, I've always been a big fan of Adam Cole back in uh, Ring of Honor and stuff and whatever. And, sure. and they brought him in, you know, that was pretty good, and, you know, but, you know, it just, 
don't know. It, it would have been nice. I was surprised to see both the Bellas. I mean, I, I figured Nikki, but I didn't think Bree, but, you know, whatever. But, you know, I would have been uh, the whole thing with Vicky. Okay, that was just annoyingly yeah, hilarious. But, <laughs> I mean, it was okay overall for being the first. But, you know, like you guys said, you know, the first two-thirds was basically, you know, it's kind of like a throwaway. Well. Right, Booger. Well, I appreciate you calling in. Let us know if there's any upgrades on the uh, Trojan model for 2018. <laughs> oh, oh, most definitely, most definitely. Just, just, I'll, I'll send you a Twitter. So, fair enough. All right, thanks nice for talk calling to you guys. In. All right, that was uh, DJ Booger. Let's go to nine one zero. What's your name and where are you calling from? Joe from Raleigh. How y'all doing tonight? Good evening, Joe. Hey, Joe. How are you doing? A long time no talk, Hi. Joe. Well, I tried to call in on the Nitro. I, I had watched it all. I was ready to go all retro, but you know, yeah, you know we hey, don't, we the, don't take calls on that one. The phone existed, whatever, back then. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'll go backwards. I, I thought the Women's World Rumble will know when women are treated equal, when we can talk crap about the women's division like we talk about the men's division. In no way did that quality of match deserve to be on last. Like you said, the first two-thirds was awful. It was like watching paint dry. It was terrible. And then the end was very good. And Ronda Rousey, make no mistake, when Mike Tyson came in, the last time we saw Mike Tyson, he was biting the ear off, still had that reputation of being the baddest man in the world. But Ronda Rousey, the last time, last two times we saw her, once you could have called it a fluke. The second time she got her jaw broke and couldn't talk for two weeks. That mystique is not the same as it was two years ago. So to have her there is nice, but it's not the same as it would have been two years ago. Obviously, it's going to be her and Charlotte and Bliss against Asuka. But I, I, I just don't think it's as special as it would have been. That that Rumble should not have, have went on last. That was an embarrassment to a, the WWE. The WNBA is in business because the NBA supports them, and they don't they don't make any money. Most women's sports don't make money. There's exceptions, women's tennis with the Williams sisters and, and, and gymnastics and figure skating. But there's a reason that they had to have nostalgia, because there's not 30 women that wrestle that can wrestle at the level and not be on the botchamania. So that I think we saw the thinness of the women's division. I thought that uh, Brock Lesnar, obviously, I thought tonight the word to use is predictable. I think everything was predictable. Brock Lesnar won. You knew he was going to win. AJ Styles won. You knew he was going to win. Shinsuke Nakamura won. You knew he was going to win. Very predictable in a time where maybe you shouldn't be so predictable. And, and, and that's where the WWE, especially with this stupid XFL stuff coming, because it's like Donald Trump, whether you like him or you don't like him, no matter what he does, the media is going to crap on it. And it does this XFL, this new XFL could be the best football we've ever seen, ever. But the media is going to crap on it until it actually comes out, that it doesn't matter how good the product is. I think if you're a WWE fan right now, you have to be feeling nervous about the future going forward. And, and I'm extremely nervous about where we are because Brock Lesnar is fixing to leave. You know, where where is the WWE in 2017? And I think the, the world title match, which you were talking about with AJ Styles, 
is is it's not focused on AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. It's focused on Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. What is going to be that payoff? Is that if Daniel Bryan never gets back in the ring again, then the payoff is shit. So if Roman Reign, if Brock Lesnar leaves and it becomes a Goldberg Brock Lesnar match of WrestleMania 20 when we know Lesnar's leaving and Roman Reigns wins, then it's shit because Roman Reigns doesn't get the pop or doesn't get the hype that he deserves because everybody knows Lesnar is leaving anyway. So I think we're right now we're in very dangerous waters as far as being a WWE fan, and I haven't, I haven't been able to say that or think that probably since the steroid trial era. I, I am really concerned about the WWE going forward and where we're at as a company. And I think this pay-per-view, unfortunately, shined a light on it. And you know, 95% of the time I'm here praising WWE. But I, but I thought t- today was a very predictable, and unfortunately I had to say a, a pretty shitty pay-per-view. Uh, and that's going back to following up on an extremely shitty-ass Raw 25. I, I think WWE missed the boat on Monday night and Tuesday night, and tonight, and why the NXT was good, it's like New Japan and ROH. Who cares how good it is if nobody's watching it? So, right. and, the only and the, thing I got the, from NXT TakeOver was EC3. I mean, there yeah, were probably start, great matches, and I'll watch it. Yeah, the, there were all great matches, but what does it matter if the, 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 the NXT stars that get moved up, they, they don't transition to the WWE roster, and I don't think that that's necessarily the WWE's fault. It's the way that the NXT is set up. Look at Bobby Roode. Look at Shinsuke Nakamura. Look at almost everyone they brought up lately. They haven't transitioned to the main roster, and that does not uh, bode well for the future of WWE. I am extremely concerned. Almost, I think, like you, like uh, when you keep doing the, the Nitro, I mean, you know how the book ends, you know, at the, at the end of this. And unfortunately, are, are we seeing the end of the book as far as WWE is concerned? Because if the rumors are true and, you know, uh, uh, Fox is thinking about buying WWE, you know, are, are we coming to the end of an era as wrestling fans? And we, maybe well, years now, from now we might point us. at this pay-per-view as being that catalyst. You never know. It's all in front of us. So, uh, unfortunately, like the WCW one, we we know how that book ends. This one we don't know yet, but, you know, you, you we are in troubled waters. Thank you, Joe, for... Colin, as usual, we appreciate talking to you. Uh, good to hear from Joe again, Matthew. Oh, absolutely, and it's going to be good to even better to hear from Joe after the uh, XFL franchise, the Raleigh Renegades, are announced. <laughs> the Raleigh Rambunctious Renegades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Matthew, it's, uh, it's been nice to take calls again. Uh, I miss the people. And it's nice to listen to you and nice to listen to the people talking back to us. Nice for it to be listened to. Folks, thanks for dialing in and listening in to Royal Rumble 2018 uh, reaction tomorrow night right here on the PWR Now Network. Matthew, where are we at on Nitro? I think we're at, what are we at, uh, April 21st? Does that sound about right? April we're, 21st uh, yeah, that, eight, 20, 20, or 28th. 21st or 28th. Yeah, I think it might be the 28th. I think we're going into one hour. Yeah, we're going into the one hour uh the one-hour Nitro this week. They were preempt. I there's think maybe NBA playoffs or something. Hey, there's two of them, and you know why I know that? Because as I'm trying okay. to do my research and watching, going, damn, that was fast. I got time for one more. So I'm like a week ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> because they're one-hour nitros. And, I mean, dude, this last one aired at 6 Central, 7 Eastern, 6 Central. Yeah. So Nitro normally going on the air at 7, uh, going on an air an hour earlier. So you can watch the Denver Nuggets take on the San Antonio Spurs or some bullshit like that. I have no idea. There you go. <laughs> Well, folks, for Matthew Thomas, I'm the man to call me. Thanks for stopping by, and we will talk to you tomorrow night on WCW Night Show Reaction. So long, everyone.